Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 66, recorded on March 30th, 2017. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and on today's episode, we have made a huge mistake. We have five people on at once. Uh, I don't know how this is going to go, but we want to predict a lot of things. We want to have a lot of predictions to talk about at the end of the year. We're going to predict just some random Indians things, uh, some random World Series winners, AL Central, not AL Central, we're not doing that stuff, but we're doing MVPs, Cy Youngs, all that good stuff. So joining me today... Anyone who's listened to the podcast recently, you are aware of one Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Oh, hello. And, of course, Matt Schlichting. Hi. And anyone who usually listens Thursday nights now uh, to the Prospect Chat, you should be familiar with Brian Heminger. Greetings. And not he's uh, been busy with a little something. Uh, nothing too major or anything, but Jason Lucart, he's back for today. Welcome for back, Jason. Until the baby <laughs> brings me back. <laughs> Those darn parents always talking about their babies. I mean an actual baby. I don't mean a lady of the night who's <laughs> waiting for the other pooper. So yes, today we have five people. We're going to predict things. Uh, we don't know how it's going to go, but we got a bunch of stuff here. So you guys want to get right into it or anything nice and fun you want to talk about first? I know nothing happened today at all exciting or nothing that Let's Go Tribe in particular would care about at all. No. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's just address Wait, that. Did Matt. anything happen? <laughs> Merit. <laughs> Merit. Matt, do you want to explain what happened a little bit and then we'll get right into the predictions? There was a certain <laughs> prospect. Uh, oh, Michael last... Martinez. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He, he made the. He's so he young. Michael Martinez is the one that we're discussing. He's so young. So talented as well. Yabby Diaz! I think the Indians should sign Luis Robert out of the Cuban uh, <laughs> National uh, Series. All right, we're doing outlandish predictions later, Merritt. Don't get into that right away. <laughs> Three ninety-three is a nineteen-year-old. I think it's a great idea. So let's anyway, just start. Let's. <laughs> Yandy Diaz is promoted. I think we all know that. We're going to write about him a lot over the next few days. So let's just get into the predictions. The first one, uh, before we get into like the the static MVPs and signings, we want to do some specific things. Last year, I think me and Jason did quite a few. My outlandish one, we're not there yet, but when we get there, mine is that Roberto Perez would get more plate appearances than Jan Gomes, and that was pretty close, I think. I think Jason still owes me an apology for that one. He laughed at me. You laughed at me, Jason. You were wrong. Why would I <laughs> I wasn't wrong enough that it deserved the the shellacking I got when, it, when I predicted it. Just the immediate laughter when I said it. Matt, are you happy you were right there? I, mean, <laughs> I wasn't right there. I wanted to be right there because I think Roberto would be better. But we can talk about that later. He wasn't last year. But you we were know. right. Weren't you right? No, Roberto didn't have more plate appearances. I would know. Believe me. I, I was watching that all year long. What about <laughs> if he included playoffs? 
Maybe. It'd be close, at least, I guess. But I'm not completely sure. But anyway, our first one this year. We're going to do which outfielder will have the most plate appearances in 2017. So, uh, Matt, why don't you take this one first? I think that it's actually going to end up being Michael Brantley. Because out of all of the outfielders, he seems to be the one that, if he's healthy, he's got left field locked down. And I know that they'll be a little bit hesitant with him to start. But once things start to roll, I think he could probably start playing in the lineup every day again. Yeah, so that's pretty much a prediction that you think he's going to be healthy all year then. Well, I guess it doesn't necessarily even have to be that because there's so many. Like there's Chisholm Hall, Geyer, Amante, Naquin, Jackson, maybe more throughout the year. So I think Brantley's perfectly reasonable. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I got to say the same thing because... Brantley's playing left field. If he's healthy, he's playing every day. And then you've got Jackson, Elmani, Chisenhall, Geyer, El- and and Naquin, and they're all in a platoon. So their their time's going to be split. So even if Brantley isn't playing every single day, and they're just easing him back in, um, that he should still, as long as he's healthy, get more plate appearances than guys uh, that are platooning. Yeah. What about you, Jason? Yeah, I mean, it's boring for us all to have the same answer, so I'm tempted to say Austin Jackson hits three home runs opening day and plays every inning uh, all season. But no, I think it'll be Brantley. Like was already said, you know, he's not in a platoon. And not only that, even though he was basically out all of last year, I I don't think he can really play his way out of the starting lineup this year. If he's healthy, I think even if his batting average and his numbers are way down, I think he's got a long, long leash. Um... So I don't think you're really – it really, to me, is just a health issue. It's not a matter of how productive he is. I think if he's healthy enough to play, he's playing because he's earned that. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'll be Brantley. So I was kind of on the fence about it. And since we have all of so much of the same answers, I'll go with the other side of the fence. I'll just say Tyler Naquin. I'll say, like, he's, he's good enough. He's not going to bat against lefties still. But against righties, he gets enough that I'll assume Brantley isn't healthy right away. But I, I agree with what you said, that it's all about health, like, no matter what, if he's healthy, he's going to play. He doesn't need to earn his position again, but we'll say that he won't be for some reason. Like, he'll play for a week, he'll look fine, then he'll sit down, and then he'll realize it's hurting again, and we'll be just a vicious cycle. And then, I mean, at that point, it's it's completely up in the air because nobody else is going to get full time because Chisholm Hall isn't. He's in a platoon. Geyer's in a platoon. Almonte, maybe it'll be him. He's going to be all over the place. Uh, and the Naquin's going to be platoon in center, but I'm going to say since Naquin's going to face right-handers and the majority of pitches are right-handers, that... Sure, if if Brantley isn't healthy, then Naquin's going to get the most plate appearances among outfielders. So, Merritt, what about you? You triggered me. You triggered me with that Michael Brantley injury talk. I'll say this. I mean, are we just saying how many plate appearances will they get as an outfielder? No, just plate appearance. Well, sure, as an outfielder, yeah. All right, well, then I think it's going to be Abraham Almonte because (laughs) I don't think that Michael Brantley's going to get more than like 125 games as an outfielder. Um, because I think they're going to give him rest, which is why they're going to spend some time with the, the adventure of Carlos Santana as a left fielder. Oh, I and forgot Almonte, about that. As you mentioned, is going to be all over the place, playing left and right and center or, or wherever, and he's a switch hitter, so he doesn't have to platoon as much. Yeah, I think it'll be him. Not by <clears> a <throat> huge number, um, but as an outfielder, so in a very technical sense, I think it'll be Abraham Almonte, even though Michael Brantley will have more plate appearances than him. Well, not always. I'll be as an outfielder in the starting lineup. I'll take the under on Almonte playing 120-plus games. I think if Brantley plays 120 games in the outfield, that'll be enough to give him more plate appearances out there than Almonte gets. 
I think you're crazy. <laughs> well, you also think Almonte is going to play everywhere all the time, every day. Yeah, I think he's a great player. <laughs> I think he's better than uh, <laughs> at, at least two, two if not at least two of the other outfielders they have there. I just want you use the word great. You're committing to great for Almonte. Well, there's two things you can be. You can be great or you can be terrible in my eyes. All right. So yes, I think he is great. No, I think he's pretty I good. Player. We were saving outlandish predictions for Ken. We've got Almonte greatness. What is what is, what, what is greatness? It's a nebulous idea, you know. I don't know yeah, if I think, a, <laughs> I think he's a better player than Austin Jackson at this point. Um, Nick went still a bit of an unknown quantity. We'll see how he responds to the second year. Lonnie Chisinau, uh, um, yeah. So that puts him third, and Brandon Guyer is a platoon guy. So I think Brandon Guyer is way better than Almonte. I mean, other than the fact that he's only uh, playing against again, lefties, but again, platoon guy. Sure. And Abraham Almonte is not that. So I have just talked myself into calling Abraham Almonte the second best outfielder <laughs> on the team. No, but Almonte is also not that great against either. At least Brandon Geyer is really good against one side of the plate. That's fair. But, I mean, if he can't do the other thing, then that kind of saps away his ability, does it not? I mean, it would be like if you had a man with no arms as but a boxer. Or he's a Jim Tomey from that side of the plate. <laughs> he That's basically fair, is, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately for him, he doesn't face enough guys for that to be to, to become Jim Tomey, does he? He, gets, he faces, you know, one in a, out of every four pitchers, if that. Yeah, on the basis of this question, I think Almonte is a perfectly valid um, yeah. answer, yeah, especially if Brantley isn't healthy. Suck it. <laughs> but in terms of greatness, I don't know if Abraham Almonte is the first player that I think of, the, or the second, well, or... Welcome to 2017, <laughs> the age of El Monte. So you also brought up another good point, that is Carlos Santana. Um, do we think he's going to get more than, I don't know, four or five starts in the outfield? I think like 10 or 15, yeah. 10 or 15? What do you think, Jason? I'll say no. I, I think it's – I admire the chatter. I like that he ended up out there in the outfield for one play in the World Series uh, to make one play. But no, I don't, I don't think we'll see him out there this year for for more than a spot game once every month or two. Yeah, I, don't, I can't. I, imagine. I think he will. Uh, when we're facing <clears throat> oh. National League teams. They're going to put Encarnacion at first base, and I think they want to keep Carlos's bat in the lineup. So I, I I wouldn't be shocked to see him get ten starts in left field. No, that also hinges on Brantley's health too, right? Because if if he's healthy, you still take Brantley in left. I think, don't you? Yeah, I would. And yeah. then you'd have to just choose who you want to be the, the late game pinch hitter or whatever, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So our next one, kind of on the same uh, train of thought of that, is, well, Mike Before Clevenger. You say that, what? I, I, I need to ask someone, <laughs> everyone something. Can you all, for me, say the last name of the guy the Indians just paid a lot of money to this winter, whose first name is Edwin? Encarnacion. That not Encarnacion? What? Yeah, what are you getting at? Encarnacion. I'm just curious as to how everyone else pronounces it. How do you pronounce I've it? I've heard it pronounced several different ways. Encarnacion? Yeah. I like Encarnacion more. I like Encarnacion more. So I will continue. It's just a different anyway. emphasis, I guess? Schmidt. <laughs> Eric Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one. Will Mike Clevenger start more than 15 games in 2017? Brian, let's see how you take this one first. So he started 10 uh, this season. He wasn't great. He's had, He's been great in the minors. Great stuff. Uh, bad control so far in the majors. So do you think he gets 15 starts with the Indians? Yeah, I do. Um, last year he was the number seven option 
and he ended up getting 10 starts. And this year he'll be the number six option with uh, Cody Anderson out of the way. So I would not be shocked one bit if he gets 15 starts. I mean, as much as I want our starting five to pitch every game of every season, it's just not going to happen. Fluke freak injuries happen with whether it was Carrasco tripping over a base or uh, getting batted balls or, you know, somebody's arm being tired like Salazar. So, you know, the, the, the opportunities are going to be there. And I think Clevenger will get his. So let's add to this question too. Um, how many do you think he'll get? How many starts? Um, I don't think it'll be a lot more than 15 because I'm hoping that everybody just stays healthy and it's just more brief stints off and on. But I'd say 16, 17. Yeah. Jason, what about you? Uh, I'll take the under on 15. And honestly, I would have taken the under on 10. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, so who's the, so you don't think he's a sixth option or you think everybody's going to be healthy? Ryan Merritt pitches more innings for the Indians this year than Clevenger does. Uh, so, yeah, I would take the – I've never – I mean, I'm having flashbacks to last year when every time Clevenger <laughs> came up, I felt like I was being like the wet blanket on the love fest. Uh, but, yeah, I'll take the under. I, I don't think – you know, I think there will be, you know, 10-plus, 15-plus extra starts outside the rotation to go around for sure. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be next in line to make them. I feel like this is your Greg Maddox love showing here. <laughs> Merritt over Clevenger. That's because yeah. Merritt, I mean, they're, neither of them are Greg Maddox, but Merritt is definitely closer on the Greg Maddox scale than Clevenger, I think. You think that's why it is? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe making more than I ought to out of Merritt, uh, you know, what he did in the postseason against Toronto. I, I just feel like he at this point is ahead of Clevenger yeah. in Francona's book. And so I would expect him to get the lion's share of these starts that the top five guys don't make. And I don't think there's going to be enough extra starts to go around for two guys to be making. I sure hope there aren't enough extra starts to go around for two guys to be making 15 plus. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm the complete opposite of you. <laughs> As you probably could tell last year when I wrote like seven things the day Clevenger was promoted. I am a big fan of Clevenger. I think he's going to get over 15. I think he'll reach 20 or like in the low twenties. I think at some point Tomlin's going to just keep giving up so many home runs and that train's going to end. And Clevin is going to be the number five guy. Maybe he won't be good and it'll be fewer, but I think he's the one who gets the starts after Josh Tomlin inevitably gives up 70 home runs in a game. I do think it's going to be without injuries. It's going to be Kluber, Carrasco, Salazar, and Bauer. I don't think those four are going to be booted in any way at this point. So, Merritt, what do you think? 15 starts for Clevenger, or, or how many? No. Um, Debbie I mean, Downers. Close to that 13 or 14, maybe. Um, I mean, you got to figure everyone's going to do about the same number of starts, assuming everything goes fine, then Carlos Carrasco will get more like 30. But Danny Salazar will have his dead arm period. Uh, Bauer will probably get another 30, so that's 3, 6, 9, 12. That's like, that's like 150-ish starts there. 149 i just did some weird math <laughs> that only gives you like 13 um i think those could all go to mike clevenger i suppose jason's kind of right though i mean the indians seem to always need to have a soft tossing guy in the rotation at some point or other so if josh tomlin needs to leave for a while they have to call up ryan Merritt because that's the law 
Um, <laughs> I saw so, it's written right there. I mean, it's right there on the paper. It is. No, it's it's etched in the in the you know, the bylaws of the team. You always need a guy who can't uh, break a pane of glass with a ball in the rotation at all times. Um, they were really good at that in what 2010, somewhere around there, with the, in the Jeremy Sowers era. Uh, but no, I think a 13 or 14 is probably a comfortable number. You got to figure someone's probably going to get hurt. I'm worried Corey Kluber might only make like 25 starts due to assorted, you know, like back backlash from this past um, postseason. Don't bring that to you one here, Merritt. Don't do that. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, 25 <laughs> is still a good. I mean, it'll be 25 starts and they'll still throw 200 innings, you know, because he's going to go eight innings every time, but whatever. They'll just uh, take a month off or whatever. But uh, no, I, I think he'll be approaching. Um, 15, but I don't think he'll crest it. No. Okay, Matt, what do you think? Do you have the right opinion, or do you agree with Jason and Merritt? 11 <laughs> Oh, God damn it. What is wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? <laughs> You're the one who's wrong, yeah? <laughs> okay, Matt, what is your awful explanation for your awful opinion? It's the truth. <laughs> I mean, you did sort of call Yandy Watch, and so maybe we should believe you, but no, I don't want to at all. I don't want to do that. I think that the top three guys, top three or four guys, will stay mostly healthy. But I think that there's enough of a mix of pitchers, and I don't think that Clevenger is head and shoulders above the rest of the guys that are right there at the AAA level for them to give him most of those starts. I think that they'll want to get them all a little bit of experience. Yeah, okay, fine, whatever. As long as, <laughs> as, long as your guys' reasoning isn't... That anybody's ahead of Clemson. I guess I could see Merritt getting ahead of him, but eleven. I don't know. <laughs> eleven. I, Have I they also said that they're ruling out Merritt from being a bullpen arm? I know he wouldn't be a great option for it, but they did say Clevenger is not going to be in the bullpen. So is that the same for Merritt? I haven't seen. Weird. What? I can't get over this. Stop saying my name so much. <laughs> so Merritt, the pitcher. I think I wrote that once. I wrote Merritt Rolfing in a or no, I wrote Ryan Merritt instead of Merritt Rolfing one time. I was writing an email. <laughs> I always have to remember that. Okay, so you're all wrong, except for Brian. Way to go, Brian. You got that go. You got that prediction gold, question gold right. Star. <laughs> gold star from Brian. Um, so this one's interesting. <laughs> Which player on the 40-man roster will be traded by the deadline? Note that's traded, so not dropped, not optioned. Um, none is not a valid answer, so don't do that. We're going to assume that somebody gets traded at the deadline or at or before the deadline. Who is it going to be that's on the 40-man right now? And you can also include like Diaz and Michael Martinez on that too. Brian? I'll say uh, if it's anybody, it's going to be like Giovanni Urshela. Um, I mean, he just doesn't have a place anymore. Like Kind of like what we saw with Jesus Aguilar. I mean, Urshela is a really good player, but there's just not a spot for him. Um, and right now... Urshela is behind uh, Yandy Diaz and Jose Ramirez on the depth chart at third base. So there's just any, and considering he is a third base exclusive player um, and, and he's been hitting pretty well. I mean, he had a, a good spring uh, offensively. He had a good uh, winter, winter ball offensively. He had a decent offensive season last year. I think somebody's going to want him. So he could be included in something. Yeah. I think the comparison to, um, Jesus Aguilar is really accurate. It's like the opposite, though, because Jesus could really hit in the minors, and he just hit, couldn't hit in the majors, and Giovanni Schiller is really good at defense. So. And that's a pretty good comparison. So, Jason, what do you think? Uh, Mike Clevenger. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. 
Jan Gomes. Because um, Roberto like Perez is that good, I agree. Gomes and Perez are both good enough to be like capable starters. Uh, arguably, the team's top prospect is a catcher who's not that far away. Uh, so I feel like if Gomes and Perez are both healthy and playing pretty well, that uh, you know they maybe, while they have them both healthy, try to get some value, uh, you know, to, to fill some other hole or to look down the road at another position for a couple of years from now. And, uh, yeah, and kind of clear up the catching situation by picking one or the other. And so I'll say Gomes gets traded. I like that one. That's that's a daring one, I think. That's the guy that Jonathan Lucroy didn't think he could beat out this year, and he's going to be traded. <laughs> so it's, it's just that you think that they're both good enough. It's not like you think Roberto is going to be the Roberto that's in my head all the time. No, I don't think either of them's an all-star, but I think they're both competent starters. And, you know, at some point, there's probably something the Indians could use more than a backup catcher who's good enough to start. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's, it's been a while they've had two really good catchers. But then if you do that, who's the third catcher? Or who's the second catcher then at that point? Like Adam Moore? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, is, is this going to start to promote Francisco Mejia comments on everything again? I feel like those finally went down, and now they're going to start again. But yeah, it won't be Mejia. Yeah, pretty but... good spring. No, stop it. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so mine, um, I was kind of debating, debating, debating between two players, but I'm going to say Austin Jackson. This is the, with the assumption that Michael Brantley is healthy and he comes back. They just have an extra outfielder at that point. Um, they would have they would have six. And also, if Yandy Diaz is up, he can also play the outfield, so it's like seven or six and a half. So I think either Austin Jackson or Abe Almonte is going, and I think it'll be Jackson, just because Almonte can play more positions. and They're, they're not that different offensively, I don't think, despite what Merritt... How much he loves Abel Monte. <laughs> I like him too, but I think he's better than Jackson. So it'll be basically a toss-up between who wants more, but they'll basically just flip him at the deadline for a prospect, whatever they can get. But it's just going to come down to if Brantley's healthy, they have an extra outfielder, and the the odd man want the odd man out at that point is obviously Austin Jackson because Geyer is not going anywhere, Chisinau is probably not going anywhere, Naquin obviously not, and Almonte I don't think so. I think they like his versatility to play any position compared to Austin Jackson, who was just a center fielder. So, Merritt, what do you think? Tim Cooney for cash. <laughs> All right, if, if we ask this question in like a week, that wouldn't be valid because he's going to be on the 60-day deal. Son of a bitch. All right. Uh, <laughs> that can be your answer if you want. I don't mind it for cash uh, trade. Percy Garner. I don't know. I figured just some random pitcher's probably going to get traded at some point <laughs> on the 40-man. I like Percy um, Garner. That'd be unfortunate. but I mean, I do too. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. Um, well, who's on their lefty? Oh yeah, maybe they'll trade. No, they won't trade Sean Moramondo? I don't know. Yeah, that's the one where they're trading more upside than like Percy Garner. I think Moramondo could be a starter. So much starting pitching depth right now at AAA. Like their AAA rotation is disgusting right now. (laughs) It is. Like I think it's going to be like Clevenger, Moramondo, Pleco, Merritt, and like Rob Kaminsky. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So. And um, yeah, Moramondo's a lefty too, yeah. so that always adds value to something. I don't it's, know. It's, I mean, yeah. I, I would not be shocked to see him trade. Yeah, I think those guys. I, and they're probably just going to sell someone at some point anyway, because they're always going to make some deal for cash. Cause they're yeah. Broke well, even if it's not for cash, if like if the pitcher market is still just insane as it was in the off season, maybe they can get something for somebody. <laughs> just straight for cash. That's it. They're just selling players. <laughs> yeah, they got to pay for. Got to pay for Encarnacion. Uh, Matt, what do you think? It's tricky. I think that 
trading one of the catchers definitely makes sense because it is sort of a weird timeshare right now. But if we if I wanted to go out on a little bit of a limb, and I do, let's say that Lonnie Chisenhall is maybe a month before the All-Star break and he's having one of his good years where he's sitting on like 10 home runs or something. I could see the Indians dangling him in front of a team and that team going, okay, yeah. I'll be honest. When you said going out in a limb, I thought you were going to go a little bigger than Lonnie Chisinau. Jason <laughs> Actually, Kipnis. I like the Kipnis choice because it'd be, I wrote about this a couple of days ago. And it'd be like trading, uh, what's his name? Nomar Garcia Parra a couple of years ago from the Red Sox. Now that they oh, have that would be pretty similar. Yon, all-star Yandy Diaz and all-star uh, Jose. <laughs> That's Ricardo Hall of Fame Yandy Diaz to you. Thank you very much. Superstar Yandy Diaz. <laughs> I thought about Kipnis because, I mean, let's say Diaz does play his mind out and Ramirez looks fantastic at second. It's not like you necessarily want to give up the second baseman that's putting up four and a half wins above replacement every year. But he's 30, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's not like he's going to be, right now, yeah. like if they're looking at extending to like this core and the next core group of players like Lindor is the glue there, Kipnis is probably yeah. not going to be part of that. How long is Chisenhall left here? Is he like a year or two left? I think this is his last year of arbitration. I thought so. Chisholm? I would. I, okay. I think. Yeah, I think so. And uh, because I mean, he, they've been calling him up and sending him down for years now. I so I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I wouldn't you be shocked if Chisholm go. Yeah. Zimmer it, it, coming. Chisholm might be expendable. And it takes a hot start, I think, for a team to be interested in him being sort of the core piece of it. But. Yeah, but then at that point, it's harder for the Indians to trade him too. If he's well, with all these outfielders, though, Chisinau is expendable. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> he is expendable. I don't think I mean, we're not talking about Jason Kipnis is a much bigger conversation. They're not like equal tier players. No. I mean, I think the Indians have a ton of outfielders. If Brantley's healthy, if Naquin makes a couple adjustments and stuff like that, it's easy. I mean, it's easy for me to see one of the outfielders getting traded if everything's going well. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's that outlandish to think Chisinau could get traded. I think the, to the extent that it is outlandish, it requires him to be healthy and playing well enough for someone to want him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the outlandish part that somebody else would actually want Lenny Chisinau. Well, I mean, I, over, I oversold the meanness of that. I don't, I don't mean that. But like, to me, that's a bigger question mark than is it possible the Indians might feel like they don't need him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so our we next one. Browns get a hold of the Indians and trade Lindor for like three second round draft picks, which seems to be what the Browns are big on doing. <laughs> we're dealing away their second round draft picks? I thought the Browns are like hoarding yeah. picks right now. Away, like Lindor, yeah. where the Browns are just like, roll it on, we're going to get draft picks for a couple of years from now, then we're going to trade those for more draft picks a couple of years from now, and come like 2027, we're going to draft 64 players <laughs> and go 0 and 16 the next year. And, <laughs> And, and then Cleveland call it success. Love us. We're going to be the darlings of Cleveland because it doesn't matter what we do to those people. I'm glad that I can tell there's no resentment here whatsoever, Jason. There's zero. There's no resentment. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I just don't care about football. Yeah. I just, you know, I haven't been on the podcast for a while. I haven't had a chance to crack on the Browns for a while. I it builds up. you got to release it one way or another. I can't imagine you're yelling at your daughter like, the Browns, they're just, they're blowing it. <laughs> They're awful, and everybody loves them anyway. She's just looking at you. I 
I intend to be a good father and hide the existence of the Cleveland Browns from my daughter for as long as humanly possible. You're a good man. Change away the, from the Browns to like a, a violent movie. It's less damaging to a small child. <laughs> so our next question. Um, where was it? So Jason, this one's for you first. Um, <clears throat> where will Francisco Lindor finish an MVP voting? And you can say that he won't get any votes. That's fine. But where do you think he'll finish? Seventh. I'm gonna go seventh. That would be that would be higher than last year. Um, I, I just feel like he's as much as we love him, and uh, I mean, certainly the postseason last year did a lot to raise his profile. I do think Matt, you might remember last year. I said I would eat a shoe or a hat or something like that if he got voted to start the All Star game. You thought he had a chance. I thought no way. Yeah. I do think he's got kind of the. He's got the name recognition for that now, but I still feel like he's just not the type of player that wins an MVP very often. I feel like even if he has a great season, you know, even if he were to, say, lead the league in war, uh, he would still do it in a way that I think a lot of the writers who vote for the award would overlook some of it. Will you at least, like, lick a shoe this year if he makes it? Because it's still, it's, it's probably not going to happen still, but. Sure. Somebody write that down along with the predictions that Jason Lucart will look a shoe if he starts the all-time game. But no, I think seven is good. It happen just because I'm, I'm willing to do that for you, Matt. <laughs> now I really want it to happen more than I do. <laughs> so yeah, I think seventh is reasonable. I had a little higher. I said like fifth. I don't know. Mike Trout's obviously going to win it. Correa is going to be up there because he has the power. I do think we're, like you said, we're still a, way, a ways away from a player like Lindor winning it. Uh, just the defense first. Still really good on offense, but not a ton of power. Uh, I, I think his face recognition is going to help, and the fact that the Indians are probably going to be in the playoffs. As stupid as that is, he's going to get a lot of votes just for that. But yeah, I think like fifth, and he's going to keep rising, and then maybe like settle at three or two. Because nobody's ever going to win as long as Mike Trout... Well, they shouldn't win as long as Mike Trout, and apparently Josh Donaldson are still doing really well. But if the Angels ever start winning anything, Trout's got that unlock forever. And whenever he leaves and gets to a winning team... If he's in the AL, like Lindor doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> as much as I love him. So, Merritt, what do you think? Oh, I said fourth. Um, now, I'm just looking at the list of last year's voting. Obviously, he came in ninth, like uh, Jason mentioned. Uh, I don't know if Trout's going to win again this year just because of voter fatigue. People are idiots. And you have Mookie Betts, who probably got a lot of play. Jose Altuve will probably drop off a bit. There's a little more space there. Um, yeah, I'm comfortable with saying fourth. As for him not be, not being the type of player to win one, I mean, he's a very similar player to Dustin Pedroia. He won because he hit a ton of doubles, and it was in a week. It was kind of a soft year. That's what you need, really, is a little voter fatigue hitting Mike Trout and then a couple other not as, as amazing performance. Like if Altuve only hit 315 with 20 home runs. Um you know, something like that. He'd need a very a lot of luck, a lot of the old, old batting average on balls and play going his way, a little more power showing up. But I think he could. I think he could become. He get. I think he could win it in the next three to five years. I think he get fourth this year. Yeah. yeah. I think the voter fatigue is is a valid thing. I don't think he's next in line to win if there's voter fatigue. No, it's like Mookie no. Betts, Altuve, Machado, and okay. then possibly yeah, Machado. Um, I don't know. Maybe Josh Donaldson. I mean, at this point, he's what. 30-something. I mean, he's going to start to kind of slide down the, the ring. The I mean, he was still really good last bit. year. 
Oh, he's fantastic. No, oh, most definitely. But I mean, he's not. He's probably going to be on a. In two years, he'll be on a third place team. Um, if not this year already, uh, he wasn't he already on a third place team this this past year too? So, a second place team in his division rather. Uh, but uh, as for Linder, no, I think I think he can jump up to fourth. There, there was a lot of you know a little bit of attrition is going to happen in front of him uh, between Cabrera, Beltre, Ortiz, and then yeah, um, a couple other guys not having his scintillating years as they did before yeah. as he gets older and better yep. so matt what do you fourth. think fourth Ooh. <laughs> no, <I picked> third, <laughs> then. what is this like a price is right you gotta pick one higher to be yeah, right, right. <laughs> so matt is your reasoning basically the same as merits or anything different i think that lindor is going to have a fantastic year this season for no particular reason i can just feel it I think Mookie Betts takes a step back, which won't be a big one, but it just won't be LOLZ, I catch everything and hit 50 diggers. Um, and I think Josh Donaldson gets old. Yeah, that's all valid. But what about like the uh, Altuves and Correas of the world? Are they the ones that are basically ahead of them at this point? And Trout, but I think that Lindor is going to win the hearts of everyone. And it'll be pretty close with a few guys after the trout, the V trout, and he'll end up finishing fourth. Yeah. I think in general, like, if there's going to be a shortstop, unfortunately, like, if they're even close, it's always going to be Correa because he has power. Because he is. Any votes last year? Zero votes last year. I don't know where this is coming from. I mean, because he's really good and he has a bunch of power at shortstop. But, I mean, he was offensively, like, in terms of. You know, several different rate stats. He was slightly better than Mike than uh, what's his name, the guy we're talking about here, Francisco, Francisco Lindor. Lindor. <laughs> and so, so I mean, I mean, I, in six years, yeah, he's going to be hitting forty home runs, and it'll be an MVP camp. But it's just he's twenty-one years old now. He's, 20, he's going to be twenty-two next year. I don't think he's going to have the. I don't think he's going to have some sort of Troutian leap here. <laughs> Trout leap. Um, oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so Brian, what do you think? Uh, you look at, like, war, Lindor actually only had more war than two guys that were voted ahead of him in the MVP last year. One was Miguel Cabrera, because he didn't play a lot, and then uh, David Ortiz, who's retired. So I think he'll pass those guys. I think he passes Adrian Beltre, who's definitely getting old. Um, I don't think Josh Donaldson is going to get as old as you guys are hoping that he'll get old. <laughs> um, so I say... Uh, he'll still lose out to Trout, Betts, Altuve, Donaldson, and Machado. So I have uh, Lindor coming in at number six. Yeah. So Just our... to be clear, by me putting him seventh, am I am I like the most down on his MVP finish? No. Yes, that means you hate Francisco Lindor. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah. right. That's the quote, Jason Lucart. Don't accuse us of being homers. <laughs> now we're having him one. Yeah, I think we're all. It's, per, it's all perfectly it's reasonable. Four to seven is a realistic range, I think. I sat here talking myself yeah. into him receiving MVP this, this year, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> all right, so no, Marin is a blatant home where the rest of us are reasonable. I, I mean, I, no, I do I, like, I'm just convincing <laughs> towards myself, that's all. I do like the fact that the Indians have four players on their team who received MVP votes last year. I think yeah, that's the shit. most out of anybody. Who else was it? So Lindor, Jose Ramirez, and Encarnacion, and Kluber. Oh yeah, I forgot Encarnacion. Wow, and Ramirez did too. I forgot about that. Yeah. Is that the most of any team? 
Look it up right now. We're stopping the podcast till you find out now. <laughs> I'm just looking at the list here. Yeah, there's um, Boston had two, but they added Sale, and they added Sale. That's but true. lost Ortiz. So back yeah. to two. <laughs> so yeah, probably the most. Oh, they definitely had the most. Two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So our final, most important Indian centric prediction here, just flat out. Uh, Indians wins. If they make the playoffs, what are they going to do there? Do they win the division? Just all that good stuff. So I think it's my turn to go first because Jason. Or wait, Jason, did you go first last time? You did. I believe I went first last time. So um, I think I said this exact same thing last year. Maybe I had them a little bit lower. But I'm going to say like 96. I think last year I said mid-90s. Maybe I was in the 80s. I don't know. But I'm going to say 96 this year. They win the AL Central handily. I think the, the Royals fade off the midseason and trade everything away. The Tigers just get really old. Err. Uh, the White Sox are awful. Uh, the Twins are awfuler. So I think the Indians, they win it handily. 96 wins. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying they can win the World Series. I don't, I'm not saying like they're going to, but I think it's perfectly reasonable to say that they have a really good chance of winning it, or at least making it to it and making it exciting and crushing all of our dreams again at the last second. So, Merritt, what do you think? Indians wins. Where do they finish? What do they do? I think I actually talked about this last week on my other podcast. I, I don't want to... Well, why don't you just plug it, Merritt? I just don't remember what... I'm on wonderful <laughs> other podcasts, mostly baseball. A podcast that's mostly about baseball, mostly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's a 90... Uh, like 95, 96. I think a lot of the teams... like I, I think the White Sox are going to lose 105 games. That's really going to help their, uh, their record. Um, but no, yeah, I think like like ninety six, something like that, ninety five or ninety six. Um, and then I think that they will have a very good October. Yeah. So Matt, what and about I'm you? Not going to get any further than that. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Ninety six point five. Get your own damn answers, people. <laughs> are you thinking out in the first round, or are you going World Series? For how far they get into L playoffs? L playoffs, yes. I mean, at this point, you're, uh, when you're guessing the playoffs, you're just kind of spinning a wheel and guessing where they'll land. Because we're all predicting World Series winners, so I mean, you're... that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I think I'm I'm confident that they get to the ALCS, but I mean, a seven game series against anybody, it's yeah. Who knows? So at least ALCS. That's that's reasonable. Brian, what do you think? Are you going to steal my answer too? Well, call me optimistic. <laughs> But I think they can get over 100 wins. What? I mean, I mean, seriously, look how bad their division is going to be. And with the the way that they change the schedule and you're playing your division opponent 17 times each, I think, they're going to just absolutely slaughter the division. I think uh, Matt's right. The Royals are going to sell off. The Tigers are probably going to be sellers at the deadline. And then the Indians are just going to pound the Central into submission. So, just feasting off of that, there's a really good chance they could win 100 games. So, I think yeah. they do that, and I think uh, they're they're going to the World Series. I feel like 100 games is so hard to do. I mean, like something's going to go wrong know, somewhere. I know it stumble. is, but there's just the the Central Division is so bad yeah. that I think their division record is going to be like 80 percent or something, some ridiculous winning percentage in the division. Yeah. So, Jason, what do you think? I'll say 
95 wins, win the division by double digits, uh, make the postseason, and then we're talking postseason next. So I'm not going. I'm not getting into what's happening. <laughs> You're breaking the rules, Jason. It's part of the question. Actually, it wasn't. But I'm trying not to step on the next question. Here. <laughs> so we all we all pretty much agree that AL Central is going to be awful. Then I take it. I yeah. think the Tigers will be better than we're giving them credit. They have Verlander and then two good young pitchers, so I think that at least helps some and. Justin Upton can't be that bad for the first half, can he? Again, <laughs> he can be. He's so. done it several times. He's really good and for a month and then awful. I'm, I've read two articles already this spring about how Nick Castellanos is trying to hit more fly balls, and as we've, I'm sure we've all read article after article from the, the people over uh, from the um, Statcast people. All these fly balls lead to more dingers, and I don't know. I, I'm not super sold on Castellanos, but I think it'll be a little bit better than it was last year. So I think the Tigers will be a little bit better than we're giving them credit for, but other than that, yeah, a lot of garbage. Also, maybe the Twins will be better. They did win 81, didn't they win 80 games last year? So, I mean... Yeah, they were surprised. Well, wasn't that two years ago? Where they won? No, I, think was, I think it was last year that they won like 80 games. No, last year they were atrocious. It was the year before. Oh, that's I right. I thought yeah, they won 59 last year. Yeah, they were really, like, because uh, the year before was when uh, they were a 500 team. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, two years ago. Never mind. <laughs> you know, in last year's podcast, Jason and I made fun of the Orioles in one episode. And I don't know how Orioles fans found it, but every time the Orioles like won a game or got a base hit, <laughs> it's like, hey, you guys are stupid. They're good, remember? <laughs> so we're going to get it from every That's AL awesome. Central team. <laughs> it was... White Sox are going to be super terrible. They have 75 <laughs> beers on it. It doesn't matter. Every time they win, White Sox fans are going to be going, look at how stupid you guys are. Listen, we can deal with 12 people complaining. <laughs> <laughs> the other team in Chicago. Who's 2005 World Series doesn't even exist. Who cares? Team, yeah. <laughs> and so our next question for Mr. Stifler for the rules over there, Jason Lucart. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, I want to discuss who's going to win the World Series and history's greatest monster. <laughs> <laughs> At least you can admit it, right, guys? <laughs> and so, Merritt, you get this one first. Pick your World Series winner and obviously loser, too. So your pennant winners and your World Series winner. I think that the winner will be the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, gross. Yep. Uh, my division <laughs> winners are the White, are the Red Sox, the Indians, Rangers, Mets, Cubs, and Giants. Uh, their bullpen can't possibly be that bad again with wild cards, including the Pirates and Dodgers. And then, I don't know, I guess the Astros and the, uh, Mar- and, no, the Orioles, because the Orioles are going to win 90 games again because – Buck Showalter wizardry. <laughs> so yeah, I think the Pirates will beat Gross. the Indians in. I don't know. A really neat. Oh, gross. Nothing. You're gross. <laughs> I, as someone who grew up first being a non-Pittsburgh fan before a Cleveland fan, that is extremely gross. I know, but I I love that team, and they have my favorite <laughs> player in the entirety of Major League Baseball. And um, not a fan of them. It's, I, I find them aesthetically pleasing. So you think Andrew McCutcheon is going to have a big like comeback play of the oh, year kind of thing? Man, he's going to be massive. He's going to win the NL MVP. It's going to be cool. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Now <laughs> you're getting to the next question again. Well, I'm, I'm just teaser. <laughs> teaser with a blatant answer. Here, right. that's, my, uh, that's my World Series pick because everyone else is going to say the Indians, so I might as well be contrarian, right? <laughs> What's the point of recording anything you do if you can't be contrarian a little bit? <laughs> Matt, what do you think? So, for division winners... I think you get the Rays out of the AL East. I'm leaving. Indians are going to win the Central. (laughs) I think that the Astros win the West. That's fine. 
I don't have any fucking idea who's going to win the NL East. <laughs> I don't think it matters either because the team, whoever's in there, is going to lose the first round matchup. Cubs in the Central, Dodgers in the West. I say the Dodgers win the National League. They take out the Cubs in five games, and everybody in Chicago cries. Um, <laughs> I think the Indians end up winning the American League, and then we lose to the Dodgers. All right, Sports Illustrated, chill out. <laughs> that's they pick. I know that's what they pick. <laughs> so forget all that. Do you want to walk us through the way the Rays winning the AL East real quick? Yeah. Sure. Do you want to give us that blueprint of how that works out? <laughs> I'm also curious. This <laughs> I assume you have it all planned out and you got a roadmap and matchups. It's a and... five-point <laughs> plan, actually. <laughs> no, but I think... Longoria is going to have like a last great year with the Rays, and they're going to be in enough of a position that they don't trade him like some people have thought that they would. Mm-hmm. Kyer Meyer is going to be great. I think you could see Smith take a big jump forward. Wait, do you want to pronounce that again? Isn't it Malik Smith? No, I meant the, the center fielder. Isn't it Kevin Kyer Meyer? Nope. Kyer Meyer? <laughs> <Kier-Meyer? laughs> like Encarnacion. <laughs> Sorry, Thank keep going. Kermar. 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 Uh, and then just because of his last name, Danny Farquhar is going to be incredible. <laughs> okay. I guess that would be, there would be so many salty fans just everywhere would, if that happened. It would be the hitters really carrying the team because I don't think they have that much of a talented pitching staff, but I huh? think they'll surprise some people. So Brian, what do you think? By the way, we remember we, we're not doing division winners. You don't have to. We're just doing World Series I and pennant winners. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else, you don't want to. trying to tell you guys to quit wasting time with your wild card pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that did that because I had to. Merit ruined everything. No, if you want to, I don't care. Go ahead. Brian, what do you have? Uh, I got Indians-Dodgers. I think that'll be the World Series. I think the Cubs will get upset somewhere along the line. And uh, just for posterity's sake, I'll say uh, Dodgers win it because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Wow, you all just want sadness. That's all you guys want. It's horrible. Mine's pretty cool. No, it's yeah, not. Yours is the worst. Another World Series run. <laughs> I would not be. Well, I guess, but I don't want to lose another one. Jason, so who do you... Pirates. So far, we have Pirates over Indians. And then two Dodgers over Indians. Indians twice? Yep. Yeah. Well, then I'll be the downer who doesn't pick the Indians to even get to the World Series. Because I hate them, you see. (laughs) As much as you hate Lonnie Chisenhall and Francisco Lindor. I'm taking the Houston Astros to win the American League. And uh, I didn't think I'd be the outlier in picking the Chicago Cubs to win the National League. But I'm going with the Cubs to win the National League. And uh, then based on the coin I flipped shortly before we started recording, I've got the Cubs beating the Astros in the World Series. Awful. You know, a couple different publications <laughs> didn't even have the Cubs as the best team in baseball. Like, they had the Dodgers as being better than them. So it's not outlandish <laughs> to pick them. But yeah. like, I know Pakoda has the Dodgers winning more games. Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't dug into like how much of that is like the division they're in or anything like that, but I think Pakoda just thinks the Dodgers are better than the Cubs. It's not too outs- not, yeah, like outlandish, I don't think. 
But anyway, mine, I have nothing to add, apparently. it's I have Indians over Dodgers. So I'll be the only one to pick the Indians to win. Jesus, guys. I'm right. I like your fucking most. <laughs> but if I was going to do like a... I'm not going to call them outlandish, but like... The, the different teams to make it. I was going to do like Astros over something crazy like the Rockies. Like the Rockies just go insane and Ian Desmond is somehow worth it. And then they're really good and they make it and lose again. That'd be a fun World Series, I think. The what? I like that Matt's outlandish American League winner is my actual. <laughs> well, that's why I said it wasn't outlandish. It's just if I wasn't going to pick the Indians, I would have them. Like, I guess it would be the most interesting matchup for me. It would be Astros against Rockies. Uh, I was I was saying I think Ian Desmond's already hurt. Oh well, there we go. <laughs> well, they have Tony Walters, so that's that's MVP right there. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he's not going to expect it to be back even in April after Ooh. surgery. Well, just ruin my pick. You know they'll they'll cover for him. Who do they have else at first base? Because for some reason he's a first baseman now. I don't know who they have, but they have Nolan Mark Arenado. Reynolds. He's good. Mark Reynolds is their other. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> what have I done with my? World Series pick. Yeah. Alright, I'm sticking with my first one. The second one never yeah, happened. Desmond Desmond broke his metatarsal in his hand. Ooh, oh jeez. Can't do that. <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> Poorly informed choice, yes. Alright, so our next one. Uh AL and we'll just do we'll do both. So do AL and all MVPs. Uh Matt, you go first with this one. I'm gonna shock the world and say that Mike Trout was the <gasps> AL MVP. Whoa. Uh the National League I, yeah, I, I don't really know. I think there's a lot of people that could end up being considered. As long as Chris Bryant doesn't win, I think I'm happy. So Damn not eyes. Chris Bryant is my NL choice. <laughs> Brian, what about you? Uh, MVP, I'm going to go... I think Jose Altuve does it this year. So mm-hmm. I mean, He had a big leap last year, and I think he keeps making leaps. And then... NL MVP, I'll go crazy and say Freddie Freeman. Ooh, I like that one. Cool. If the Braves are anything and he's really good, that's going to get him a lot of he got fifth last votes. Year. Yeah, he was excellent last year. And he was amazing in the second half, too. Yeah, if, if the Braves are even like sniffing the playoffs at the end and Freddie Freeman is that good again, I could see that. Or he got sixth last year. Yeah, but either way, I could see that. So, Jason, what about you? Carlos Correa, who you guys apparently think is thank you, thank you, Jason. Uh, I expect him to take a big step forward. Thank you. Uh, I've got him as AL MVP, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna run the table here because my daughter's crying for the second time. I gotta run, so I'm gonna hit (laughs) Carlos Correa for AL MVP. uh, Corey Seager from the Dodgers for NL MVP. Damn it! Steal my pick. Uh, Chris Sale. Finally, now that he's playing in a big market, unlike small-town Chicago, gets the recognition and wins the AL Cy Young. Uh, Bumgarner wins the NL Cy Young. And my outlandish prediction is Mike Trout doesn't finish in the top five of the MVP voting this year. Wow. You drop the mic and then leave. <laughs> See you later, Jason. Literally dropping the mic. <laughs> or did you just stumble into that pun? <laughs> no, that was, that was totally planned. I knew that was coming. Okay, so so Jason redeemed me. He believes in Carlos Correa. The rest of you need to learn how to believe in some Carlos Correa because that, that kid is good. I don't know what is wrong with you people. I think he's I, good. I, yeah, I, I hold a grudge against him for stealing the rookie year. <laughs> yeah, I still do too. But any shortstop who hits home runs is like 
that gets you votes no matter what. If you're a shortstop with power. Last year. Well, true. But if you're not a second year player, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, my picks. Second year player? Yeah, what? I said Lindor was a second year player. Lindor had 15 home runs. It's that stupid 20 mark when you're a shortstop. Lindor only had 15. I think he can do it. He was breaking them in the World Classic. So my MVPs, they're going to be Mike Trout, obviously. If, if anybody else wins, it's just either voter fatigue or voter stupidity. He needs to win unless he's awful or injured. Uh, my NL MVP, before Jason spouted them all off and left, was Corey Seager. I thought I was going to be original and have a good one there. but You're not. I had him too. <laughs> well, I had him first, so I'm originaler. But I think it's Seager. No. <laughs> I think we're in like the golden age of shortstops here, and Seager is the big one from the NL. So Trout and Seager. He was really good last year. He had... I mean, he has he had a 355 BAPIP last year, but he's always had a really high BAPIP in the minors, so that is really sustainable for him. And the home run power is real. Again, if you're a shortstop who can hit 20 to 30 home runs, you are going to get a lot of votes, and I think you can do that. So, so uh, Merrick, give us your very unoriginal, stupid MVP picks. All right, fine, I will. <laughs> Rude <good>. person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Trout will probably win. I think if anyone, if he doesn't, um, I might see Manny Machado winning it, actually, because they'll win 90 games again, and he'll... He just... You know, I want to see him win one. He doesn't get enough recognition for how good he is. I, really don't, I mean, he's not quite as good offensively as we think he is, I think, because he hit but 37 he's really home runs. Good. But he's really good. <clears throat> and he's on a winning but, team, I mean, too, which is weird. Yeah, right. It's just that he... I mean, I just... I think having... For being the, the type of hitter he is, you'd think he'd have a high, uh, higher just on-base percentage, I guess. I guess that's really this, my sticking point. He just doesn't walk very much because he's just a hitter. Um, and then for the NL, I mean, I know I said Aaron McCutcheon before because I want that super bad. Uh, but it'll probably be Corey Seager, yeah. I mean, you mentioned his bad, but it's not him. I don't know. It'll be neat and fun if Anthony Rizzo <laughs> won it. And then they're just both of their cornerstones had, uh, or, or cornerstones rather had, and cornerstones really had MVPs. And then everyone just got super sick of Cubs fans talking about all their MVPs. <laughs> that is neither neat nor fun. The last part of that is, but not the Cubs winning it again. Do you ever think Nolan Arenado will ever win an MVP, though? Anyone? I do. He was almost my pick. He was really close. Incredible player. It's just, you know, you look at his numbers, and, like, you need to beat the hell out of the ball in court. Even now with, with uh, the, you hit the humidor and all that stuff, you need to beat the hell out of the ball in court field to even – Sniff more than what fifth place like he got. So I think if but my so good defense, <laughs> like just so good. If my alternate World Series pick comes true, then Arenado is also my MVP choice. It's only if the Rockies make the World Series, I think he could win. Well, I mean, obviously the votes are before that, so they'd have to be really good and like on their way to the World Series for him to win. When will voter fatigue set in for Mike Trout? I think there's a chance it might never like. Over more, unless it's like a one-year blip, like last year with Josh Donaldson. But I don't think permanently it's going to set in. Well, I know, but it's just like I, it's I, when I was listening to uh, I don't know, I could probably effectively wild a while back. Just the way voting is done, it's a selection. It's a random selection of several, you know, B B W A A guys. Like it's not always the same people voting all the time. So oh, really? I didn't you know, know that. yeah, it's it's that like total and complete sense. For, like, yeah, every every not everyone gets MVP votes every year, so it could be. You know, I like guess if someone went to Triple Crown again, then when you get a bunch of old school guys, he'll probably win the MVP instead oh, of Michael Trout. Michael Trout, what the hell? Michael Trout. Trout. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, 
I just I think it's one of those things that could happen based on voting, I suppose. Okay. Voters, rather. Obviously, based on voting. I'd like to see Joey Votto get some MVP love again, but the Reds aren't going to be anywhere near close enough for no. that to happen. It's amazing how many Reds fans hate him. And I don't know that the Diamondbacks would be good enough for Segura or Goldschmidt to get considered really either, but they're both great as well. Yeah. Did we do yours, Matt? I can't remember where we started. I should really remember that. I didn't commit to an NL MVP choice. Oh, that's right. Okay. It's been a long time. It's late. Seems like a great pick. (laughs) That is a really good pick. I like that. Uh, I'll throw Bryce Harper in there if I've got to pick somebody. I say... I he's think good. he's going to have a bounce back year, and if the Nationals win the division, then if he's the best player on the team... Oh, yeah, none of us even brought up Harper. <laughs> well, he had, a, he had a, quote, bad year last yeah. year. He had a merely a great year, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody is underestimating him at this Zero. point, which is weird to think that everybody's wow. underestimating Bryce Harper. Well, he was injured a lot, and he, he got frustrated because he was getting walked. Right, he's Every still one of my favorite like players just because of the outgoingness. And the hair flipping. <laughs> I love the hair flipping. I love all the attitude you know, stuff. You know who has a great smile? Yandy Diaz. <laughs> when he hit that home run the other day. Like just besides the change is flopping on his chest, you can see this big old grin on his face. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, he seems nice. All right. So let's move on to AL and Cy Young's. Uh, Brian, this one's for you first. All right. Uh, Jason already stole it from me, but I was going to say Chris Sale. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, he was getting so close to winning the Cy Young with the White Sox around him. Now he's got that insane lineup. I wouldn't be shocked to see him win 22, 23 games. Easy. And, uh, yeah. Uh, NL Cy Young, I'm going to be super boring and say Clayton Kershaw because he would have won it last year if he didn't get hurt. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's an easy one. I think it's, I mean, you're completely right, but it is dumb that you have to say that Chris Sale is a better chance with the offense now. Yeah, it does. <laughs> People care about wins. It's very true. I mean, that's how Porcello won. Well, yeah. The pitcher's job is to win, all right? All right so, you... I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> you got to do the grit and I'm going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> that's my impersonation of an old school manager. Like, really I got to have grit and I got to pitch good. And we got our closer coming in the ninth. He's going to close the game out. Get out of here, Jim Leland. Get out of here. Come on. Get out. Oh, I like Eric Hosmer over Paul Goldschmidt. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so mine, uh, I'll start with the NL. So I have Noah Syndergaard. He led all pitchers in war last season. He's really good. He's got really cool hair. I think he's going to win it this year. I think everyone else on the, the Mets roster, it's going to be like a battlefield in the pitchers. There's going to be so many injuries, so they're not even going to be relevant. But Noah Syndergaard is going to be so good. He's got a big enough personality where he overcomes uh, the losing on a losing team. It's just because voters are aware of him because of how good he is at marketing himself. Um, I'll just be different and not say Chris Sale. Who else would get it in the AL? It'd be funny if Jose Quintana won it because he's going to be really good, but he's going to be on an awful team. Um and so how about a kind of crazy one? So Masahiro Tanaka. <laughs> hey, Mr. Pit, Pit, nah, Pittsburgh to win. I don't want to hear you lulling over there. <laughs> but I'm going to say Tanaka for my LMVP. Just to be a little different. I was going to say Sale. But I'll say Tanaka. Maybe because the Indians are a little bit good and he's the only good pitcher. And again, we have to talk about these stupid things. But 
he has the perception of being better just because the Indians are or the the Yankees are winning even though they're not that great. So I'm gonna say Tanaka. Merritt, what about you? Um, first I want to ruin your pick for Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> How dare <laughs> you, I think, sir? I, I think that uh, Matt Harvey is gonna be much better. Than, I, I think there's gonna be too many good pitchers on that on that team. Is all I'm saying. How is that a thing? For any, for <laughs> oh, for any one of them to be recognized above the other. Right. Exactly. It's, it's not a cool. It's you know. It, it's just it, it'll split a vote essentially. Yeah. Um. I mean, you're wrong. What happened with? Uh, didn't that happen with uh, Granky and Kershaw a couple years ago? I yeah, believe it did. That. Yeah, because I remember they're uh, both really good. Neither one. And someone else won. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. You guys are all saying the same things I was going to say. Chris Sale, because <laughs> he's good and he's going to get wins and he's good. You can pick the same ones. The the point of this is the end of the year. We're going to look back on it and right, right, right. If you don't want to be laughed at, pick pick real choices. That's, that's true, but <laughs> I mean, if I'm right, number else is wrong. I'm super genius, so that's I'm awesome going to pick Aaron Sanchez. That's not a bad pick. Went replacement in only 192 innings, only made so him and all Sanchez, uh, the also host on Chopped, the TV show. So. Uh, judge, excuse Wait, me. he is? Yeah, yeah, not him, but another host. Oh, okay, course. of course. <laughs> um, I was going to say, well, it is. he's got everything going there. Uh, you know, you got to have other things in your life uh, occupying, <laughs> otherwise you'll become boring and bored with life. <laughs> and then the NL... Uh, Kyle Hendricks. What yeah, is wrong with you? Well, I don't know, man. The man just keeps on not allowing good contact. Uh, he's going to crest 200 innings this year because he's been slowly easing his way up. Uh, he probably could have won it last year, but he didn't. But he still could have. Was that considered uh, like a pro sabermetric choice or anti? I can never decide what Kyle Hendricks is. Because he gets the good Kyle, results with bad peripherals, isn't it? The issue, he's more... Of a sabermetric choice, in he was like top three or four in expected OPS against, according to Statcast last year. Okay. And so, like, he's yes, the peripherals aren't there. However, his ability to induce weak contact—the thing numbers don't show, but which the tracking of every single thing in the world. So he's good on like a Statcast level, then. Right. So right. he's, you know, he's. I mean, he just he's, uh, has an amazing ability to. Not even miss bats, just make the guys look like crap. Yeah. And I think, you know, he'll throw 200 and some odd innings, and he'll just have a sub-2 ERA, and Clayton Kershaw from carrying the team will have his back hurt again, and there you go. He'll just squeak in there with a nice, with a nice split vote between Max Scherzer and Steven strasburg Lever, surgeon here because he's trying to get paid soon, and then a split vote from the Mets pitchers, and there you go. Zim, zam, zoom. I'm right. Or I'm an idiot. <laughs> now, I think it's interesting, like a couple years ago, like I remember people saying about pitching into contact and inducing weak contact was like considered total bullshit. But now that we can oh, measure no, it, 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 it's, it it's you can see it now. Theoretically, but I mean. But when you can measure it and it keeps working. It. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know. I, mean, I think it's still a question of whether or not he's doing it on purpose or it's just the way he pitches gets the weak right. contact. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he also has the benefit of playing in front of an absurd defense, too. Yeah. So, you know, his ERA will always be lower than his feeling independent pitching and all that stuff, too. So, yeah. so Matt, what do you think? ALNLCI, no. CI Youngs. CI Youngs. Right there, Matt. In the American League. Ooh. 
that that wasn't that's not a picture, Merritt. You can, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Ooh, good pick. Okay, go ahead, Matt. Uh, Sanchez is a fun pick, but I don't know if he's quite there yet in terms of control to be someone who's going to be elite enough. You aren't. <laughs> Chris Archer, I think, is going to be the one Ooh. guy on the Rays who is a very good starting pitcher next year, but I don't know if he's going to be Cy Young good. I mean, if you have him, if this is another one where like a good a good team carries a a pretty good player yeah. into award winningness. I think Archer wins fifteen plus games and has good stats overall and because the Rays end up winning a division people don't think that think they should win and he has again 10 K's per nine again I think Chris Archer does it well if he has a good win then he, that means he's good because his stats are good yeah <laughs> get out of here <laughs> I'm sorry I just came in here and talking baseball I actually had Kyle Hendricks in the National League as well there you go. yeah I'm smart <laughs> Way to go, Matt. You're inflating his ego. Come on. Good work, man. <laughs> All right, so now the fun one. Um, I don't remember who went first anymore. It was Brian, so I don't want to go first. I'm going to jump to him. Or no. Yeah, you Mary, You wanted to go first for the outlandish one, right? So we can all... You know, Aaron Sanchez got paid half as much in 2016 as he did in 2015. <laughs> cool. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that happen with Garrett Cole, too, that he got paid less? But that was basically because, like, the Pirates, they ran their spreadsheet, and it just spit out a lower number. They didn't bother looking at it. Like, yeah, you get paid less. Who cares if you're Garrett freaking Cole? (laughs) So our last one, we're going to do give one borderline outlandish prediction. The key there is borderline. Yandy Diaz is not going to hit 700 home runs. Get out. The Indians are not going to win 162 games. Something that's outlandish that could happen, sort of. So, Merritt, you go for (laughs) Outlandish prediction. (laughs) You won't believe number three. Originally, uh, I was just going to say Michael Brantley was going to hit 25 home runs because he just spent the last whatever year just doing doing deadlifts and squats. His upper body out, so he just got all these he's got BP. He just BP comes legs. out in spring training; his legs are huge. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sup, guys? I'm just doing squats. But no, I think seven tribe players are going to hit at least 20 home runs. Ooh. I don't think that's super outlandish. No, it's good. Um, I think it'll be Brantley, Kipnis. Encarnacion, uh, Lindor. Uh, I think I talked myself into Lindor. Yeah. Um, well, you got Ramirez. seven. You almost had to include him. Yeah, Ramirez, and then I think I stalled there. Nikolin or Geyer or Chisinau? These are all guys that are hitting fifty home runs. <laughs> Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ideas. <laughs> I don't know, seven. I think seven guys who are on the Indians by the end of the year will have hit 20 home runs. What that means? Who's to say? That, that last little bit was a cop out there that are on the Indians at the end. <laughs> they may acquire somebody else who hits 20 home runs, but no, that's I, mean, I think they're gonna. I think they're going to hit a prodigious amount of home runs um, mm-hmm. regardless. I mean, maybe Naquin will hit. He had, what, 14 last year, uh, yeah. and he's going to get a whole year, so it could be him. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that, that is my pseudo somewhat outlandish pick of the lock of the week. <laughs> All right, Matt, let's get crazy. What's your outlandish pick? Lock of the century. Of the I just year. want to point out uh, the 95 Indians had five guys. Hit <laughs> All right, maybe. What does that team do? Lose the World Series. <laughs> right? Boom. 
Also, right. the ball's juiced, so... Yeah, exactly. I never hit fly balls these days. You don't hit down on the ball or whatever, you know. <laughs> Deckers. My outlandish pick is that the Minnesota Twins get a wild card spot. What? Yeah. <laughs> Byron Buxton would have to be amazing, right? But this is on the back not of Byron only, Buxton. Not only will Byron Buxton be amazing, Tyler Duffy will. <laughs> and then they've got a lot of good young guys... I think Miguel Sano is going to be fantastic, and this will be the first year we see that. Brian Dozier is going to rake again. Maybe we see the last hurrah from Joe Maurer, and he hits 30 home runs or something for the first time since ever. But even in the outfield, Max Kepler, I think, is a, a beast. They'll call him the Blitzkrieg or something. Borderline <laughs> offensive. Um, he was really good against the Indians last year. He was nightmare-inducing. But against everybody else, he was just straight awful, but... He's a good player. And then I think yeah. between Rosario and Santana in the outfield, somebody in that outfield is going to end up filling out the rest of it. With Eddie Rosario? Yes. Mm, you know, his, his beard looks like an upside-down Spartan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. We need to give credit to Matt for finding that one first it's before the show. I think that's the whole reason that Matt wanted to pick the Twins so we could bring up Eddie Rosario's beard. Which is perfectly valid, by the way. People, go look up that guy's beard. It's fantastic. It's, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's Is that better or worse than Salazar's? It is more defined <laughs> on its in the photo, at least. I mean, I'm just looking at pictures. Salazar's is Salazar's really defined, though. Salazar's is super devilish when it gets done. <laughs> it doesn't have that point. So, I mean, I, I prefer to aim Salazar's. Yeah. But it, it matches his mentality more. Has yeah, Salazar I mean, Salazar pitched without that thing? Without like bottom part of the has Salazar pitched without a beard? Like, have we seen him? I'm trying to think. I, I, think would, so. I imagine like that picture of of Zeus from How's Hercules without the beard, where he has like no chin. I feel like at least he's always had that little bit at the end, and maybe he's always had the full beard. I don't know, but when it gets really pointy, I feel like he could be leading the Persians into battle against the Greeks. <laughs> that is totally plausible. All right, so Brian, when you're gonna get outlandish here, what's your prediction? All right, you heard it here first. Pablo Sandoval. No, no. Gets at least one MVP vote. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I love it. Is he still on the Red Sox? Is that still a thing? He made their opening day roster. Okay. He, he actually lost. Late. I like this one. He's going to be their starting third baseman in a sick offense. <laughs> he's in the best shape of his life. He's in the best shape of his life and. I think he led all of spring training in RBIs. Like, he actually <laughs> had a really good spring, and I think it carries over. He's going to have a good season. He's going to have a lot of guys getting on base in front of him, too. So he's yeah, probably going to have, yeah. like, 115 RBIs. If he hits over 20 home runs and over and gets over 100 RBIs, some dummy is going to give him an MVP. Like, oh, definitely. Vote. Well, because they don't have most improved players, so, or comeback player of the year, do they? I don't know. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. He has been in the MVP voting before. It happened twice in his career. <laughs> I do like that. I like this prediction a lot. <laughs> he gets the RBIs. He gets, he gets them in. He doesn't clog the bases. He just gets he's them in home. He's very clutch. He's, <laughs> he's great. He's game he right definitely away. will have a better season than last year. <laughs> yes. that's. I'm going to have a better season than he had last year. <laughs> and I won't be liking things on Instagram in the bathroom in the middle of a game either. Well, maybe, but I'm allowed to. I'm not the one playing, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't use Instagram, but I'll be doing it on Twitter, yeah. 
All right, so mine, you guys sort of touched on it earlier, and maybe it's not as outlandish as I thought, but I'm going to say that Jason Kentness is deadline trade bait. That is outlandish. All right, well, listen. I don't think it's too terribly outlandish. Like, it's pretty outlandish. I mean, Yanni Diaz would have to be above and beyond because they don't trade him if he's injured, obviously. Jason Kentness would still have to be really good. He's under control for a lot, long time, so... If there's a matchup of like an NL team who needs a second baseman and the Indians outfield, like say Brantley isn't back all the way, or maybe a pitcher is down or something, but if they need something big right away and they feel that Yandy Diaz is good enough for third and Jose Ramirez is better defensively at short second base, he might even better be that might even be better offensively at this point. So maybe he's expendable and they can they can fill another spot with him. I don't know. But that is if the Indians also, for whatever reason, were sitting around like 500 or something, don't do that. Trade deadline, and I don't think it will. But at that point, I could definitely see that happening as well. I don't know. Then I don't know. Do they do they sell off anything? I mean, if they do, it's going to be like the guys who have a year left. I think if they're losing, oh, don't they hold on to Kipnis? Maybe Santana would probably be more. Oh yeah, he, he's gone if they're if they're at 500. Uh, maybe Brantley too, because he just has the option. But if he's really good. Ah. <laughs> he has an option here, but he's still so if he's good and the Indians are bad, that's some big we trade all bait have there. These players that we just can't ever think of not being in an Indian <laughs> Ironically enough, Kipnis is mine. I think we talked about this before, yeah. but like Kipnis is yeah. the one guy I can't imagine in another uniform. But maybe he'll be trade bait. Is I think I don't know if you were on when we talked about that, Matt. Is Brantley yours? Like the I one don't... Indians player that you can't imagine somewhere else. <laughs> I think it's Kluber at this point. Yeah, for me it's Kluber. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine it. I, I can picture that pretty easily. Because it's the same thing with Lindor. It's just that they're really good superstars, which happen all the time. Every, well, not all the time, but they happen other other places. I don't, for me, Kluber isn't like... This is going to sound like I hate Kluber, but he's not like just a Cleveland guy. He's just a really, really good pitcher who happens to be on the Indians. I don't know. The same way I feel about Lindor, as much as I love him. Guy who came out of nowhere. Don't you want to hold on to your special guys? I always want to no, hold on to my special guys. Nowhere, but... Especially. <laughs> you know? Your special magical guys. Like Michael Bradley. Uh. <laughs> who might be injured and gone. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, there's all. Those are pretty good predictions, I think. That last year. The best. <laughs> last year, I said the Cardinals are going to be in the NL World Series. So, my predictions don't listen to them at all. Yeah. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> the Cardinals previously to this year, they were always just, they're good for no reason. Like, stupid Cardinal way bullshit or whatever, but they always just seem to be good, so I picked them to win the NL. So anything else coming up for you guys that's exciting and new that now that we're done seeing the future and you're all obviously wrong and I'm right? I've decided to start reading the GamonsDaily.com more because I love Peter Gamons. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, it's his, it's his website. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would butt tweet more. I'm sad that he figured Twitter out. I love Peter Gamins too, but the butt tweets were the best. You picked Cleveland and Chicago to go to the World Series. Again? Uh, but he did not pick a winner. And it will never get old when someone accidentally butt tweets something and someone <laughs> oh, well, replies, well, and then someone replies, big is true. <laughs> yeah. He must have figured it out or somebody's like, listen, Peter. Just put it in your shirt pocket or something. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> just just turn it off all the way if you have to. Because <laughs> I don't know how you do it so many times. Like, I'm like it for him. He's a 
doesn't, he doesn't lock his phone. Maybe his butt just swipes a lot. Yeah, know. his butt is determined to get its voice out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Merritt, where can everybody find you? Uh, wherever they want, man. The world. It's where I just walk, I just walk the world, <laughs> get adventures, you know? Or it's with my podcast, Mostly Baseball. A podcast about baseball, mostly. It's on iTunes, I think. Write, write a review. I think it's important, I guess. Yeah. Write a review for this one, too, while we're at it. While Merritt's plugging the other damn podcast, not ours. I Whatever. Right for this website sometimes, <laughs> which is fun. Yeah, I enjoy writing it. And other places, too. I think I might do more political screeds. Oh, that's good. That's totally good. You know, screeds are always a thing anyway. <laughs> and I did listen to your other podcast, and you guys apparently lost a whole episode worth of footage or something, and I we lost I felt the pain the whole way through. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, we used a lot of copyrighted material for a few of them, which is illegal. Yeah. So we deleted all those. We, yeah, we, we, oh, we recorded an entire episode and lost it all. Wow. So were you guys using like an intro song record. that was copyrighted? We were using many intro songs <laughs> that were copyrighted. A lot of podcasts do that, though. I don't know how just yeah. years got caught. Geo was effectively wild just using music. It yeah, they do every time. Blatantly owned by a human being. So. <laughs> See, at least I ask. I, it's, a, it's a Cleveland band who doesn't have a record label, first of all. So they can't come after me. And I also asked, and they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. So. Oh, and I had that podcast, the last episode I wrote for, our intro song was that Trevor Bauer rap song that he wrote for <laughs> us. And, like, it was awesome. Wait, Trevor wrote it for you? Yeah, my, yeah one of my co-hosts asked him to write one for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Rap for it, and he made that. Because <laughs> he mentions Wahoo's on first in the song. Oh, nice. That was the website I wrote for. Yeah, he, um, That's cool. Yeah. I also got to interview Tony. Never knew that. Well, now you know. Knowing. <laughs> So Matt, where can we find you? Matt, where can we find you? I do some blogging on a website called Let's Go Tribe.com. Sounds like garbage. A wretched yeah. hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> it is. Uh, and that's for now kinda kinda it. Cool. You may see me wandering the streets of Columbus <laughs> looking downtrodden in half a shirt. <laughs> if you do, please call the police. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Uh, very simple at Brian Hemminger on Twitter, um, and then I have a couple other podcasts. But there's a one I actually got permission from the the rock slash metal band Soil to use their one of their songs as my intro. You go, you just got to ask. You know, it yeah, always, just like on Facebook, you just message them, and yeah. most of them be like, "Yeah, sure." But, uh, also, for those of you that love prospects. Uh, Matt did a great article earlier this week. He did seven breakout players on the Indians or players that could hashtag breakout. Um, but I decided seven wasn't enough, so I'm doing ten. Seven hundred. Ten prospects that could break out in 2017. That should be available tomorrow. If you're listening on Friday, it's coming out today. <laughs> and it should be ready to go, so keep an eye out for that one. Cool. What was I? Oh, I was really hoping you're gonna you're gonna say the Rock slash Dwayne Johnson. I was like, did you get a Rock song? Did he sing a song for you? I wish. <laughs> but it's also cool I that you got soil. You know. I could just play his entrance music. The Rock says. <laughs> the Rock says. <laughs> oh, man, I don't want to go watch some wrestling. WrestleMania this weekend. So anyway, Is that this weekend. Oh man, we yeah, spend Sunday. 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 I'm having a party. You can come. <laughs> So you can find me on Let's Go Tribe. Everybody else here is at Let's Go Tribe, writing one thing or another. Uh, this is Let's Talk Tribe podcast. 
We're on iTunes. We're on Pocket Cast is where I download it to test it. We're all over the place. I don't know where we are anymore. Leave a review on iTunes. It helps a lot. If you're listening on YouTube after we upload it, um, like and comment and subscribe and all that garbage. So it all helps because we put a lot into this, I think, and we like making a good show. and have We like to know that people are listening to it and like it. So if you are, let us know. And we'll talk to you next week. Actually, no, we won't talk to you next week. Stop the music. Because it's opening day next week, so we're not going to be here next week. So not next Monday, but the Monday after. We should have another podcast. Next Thursday, I believe Brian will be on for another prospect chat at least. We'll have something interesting to talk about then. So, Actually, I'm going to be on a plane next Thursday. Well, nope, not doing that either. <laughs> I'm flying to Arizona to go watch the Indians play the Diamondbacks. There you go. So the week after that, everybody, is when the podcasts are going to be going every week. So now we will talk to you next week. Still leave a review. Always leave a review. Like, comment, subscribe. Smash the like Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.